Above180.com, taking your bowling game to the next level. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews and coaching to drilling layouts. Now, from Washington, D.C. and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. If you have a question or comment, we can be reached at above180 at gmail.com. It's above180 at gmail.com. Also, want to go back and listen to an old show? It's available a couple different ways. They are all on the above180.com website. You can also download those via iTunes. We do have all of our previous interviews up there with Bill Spigner, Del Warren, uh, Deandre Beatty. You may have missed that one. That was a great interview. And also the most recent interview we did with Danny Wiseman is up there a couple different ways. So please do listen to those. And by all means, uh, shoot us your emails uh, and comments on those interviews as well. Also, find us at twitter.com. Uh, username for Twitter is above 180. You'll see some different things up there and uh, hopefully some exciting things as we move forward with the show on Twitter. Sergio Avila sent us an email and he had a couple questions that he wants us to address. First one, it says he's going to the Reno uh, USB-C Challenge and it's going to be his fourth Reno Open. And he has his arsenal ready, but he doesn't think he has a ball that's going to be for late doubles or late singles, something he can get deep inside with. Uh, he says he's been thinking of a C-System 4.5 or a Wicked Siege, with, uh, but what dual-angle layout would you recommend for him? And he says he's a tweener with 300 RPM, 17 miles an hour, and uh, PAP is 4 and, th- and 3 eighths by t- one half above is what he says there. So, uh, right. Joey, can you help Sergio out with that, possibly? Well, I can help him to a certain extent because the, the only numbers he has not supplied us with would be his axis tilt, and the axis tilt refers to the track diameter of a bowling ball. So say his track measured around the diameter is 12 inches. That would be about a 10-degree tilt player, which basically means he kind of rolls up from behind it. Consequently, if he has a, a lower track diameter, say... Uh, a nine inch diameter that would mean he's a little more spinny a little more off the side that would be a higher tilt that really affects the ratio of the dual angle uh, that would be suited for the way he throws that ball Uh, the other element he did not supply us with is called axis rotation and rotation is not rev rate Uh, axis rotation refers to where your positive axis point is in relationship to the ball at point of release. And a good example of this would be Walter Ray, now again, his rev rate is irrelevant here, has more of an end over end roll. His axis rotation, say, is near 10 to 20 degrees most times. Uh, Pete Weber, who creates more side rotation, has an axis rotation of, say, 80 to 90 degrees. And that influences the ratios as well as the sum uh, of the dual angle that's best for him. So I know this is getting really complicated sounding and, and, and very technical, but it is. So not having those two elements of his game, uh, it's impossible to give a very accurate assessment. But l- let's see if I can try with the numbers he's given us. Okay, he's, he's 17 miles an hour. Now, that's another thing. Is that off his hand? Or is that what the monitor says at the end of the lane at about 52, 55 feet? 
So let's assume it's off his hand, which means the monitor would generally register about 15 or 15 and a half on the screen. And his rev rate's 300, which is basically where, where mine is, which would classify him as a kind of a tweener, maybe a little stronger than a tweener release. And his axis point, four and three eighths by a half, uh, dictates he comes around the side of the ball slightly. So safely, he could probably go with a 4.5, drilled with, say, a 60-degree drill angle, so the ball doesn't rev up too early, but gets through the front part of the lane. And again, that first number, the drill angle, affects how long the ball stays in the first phase, which is the skid phase. The pin distance, we can go safely, let's say, three and a half to four inches in that range. And that'll ensure that, that the gentleman will see enough track flare so the ball recovers adequately when he's playing a deeper inside line. And I assume he's going to play, uh, he says something to play deep inside. I would guess that's going to be well left of third arrow, probably closer to fourth or fifth arrow. And then the last part of the dual angle system is the angle to the val. And that's the most important, Tim. That regulates how quickly that ball will respond to friction. And it also regulates the length of the hook zone. So if the pattern say 42 feet this year, he's playing deep inside, he's sending it away from the pocket, he wants that ball to respond quickly to friction once it leaves the pattern. So I would say somewhere near a 30 degree angle to the valve would give that ball enough responsiveness down lane. If that angle was 60 degrees, the ball would respond slower, which means it would have a smoother hook zone and possibly not turn the corner quite strong enough considering the angle he's playing. Does that make sense, Tim? It does, actually, and, and I'm going to say, uh, Sergio, we're going to shoot you an email with this info, and if you want to get Joey back your other information, like he's asking, get you a little more accurate, we can do that as well. But, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me, um, and that's the tricky part is once you get into those late events of doubles and singles at, at, a, at a major tournament like that, is having the right piece that matches up. I know we've talked about that in the past where that's really what the, the bowlers who win those events and, and place really well, what they do is they have pieces that match up at the beginning of the day, at the beginning of the team, or you know, middle of team, all the way through your, your all nine games and just have a great look, whereas some people don't and, they, and they sh it shows in their scores. Each company, Tim, makes a ball that will work in this environment an environment I'm speaking of is where the ball is designed to clear the front part of the lane easily, the first 35, 40 feet, and have a cover formula that will respond quickly to friction. So you choose the right ball, you put the right layout on that ball, and then we have a chance, providing our execution is good, to score big in the ABC tournament or USBC Open Championships because that's the new name now. Uh, again, if you drill a ball out, Tim, that's designed to skid flip and you balance it to roll early and lay off on the back end and you're playing left of, say, 18th board, you're going to plaque some 10s and 5.7s and 8.10s where if it's laid out properly, it's going to drive stronger through the pins. Your pin carry should be better, and that's the only way you're going to score uh, in, in an environment like that, playing deep inside and, you know, a score where you're going to cash for a decent amount of money. 
Great, Joey. And for more bowling balls that you've actually just reviewed, I know uh, this is getting close to the year under the review and stuff, the Bowler's Journal, I just got my latest edition, so we're going to be talking, we talked about some of the stuff, so go back and listen to some of our older podcasts, with, uh, older I say within the last couple weeks. We've uh, talked about all the balls that you probably just got in your magazine now, just a little more in depth in the magazine, so some great stuff in there as I was paging through that. I thought, wow, we talked about this just with Joey on the air not that long ago. So, uh, again, though, take a look at your latest Bowler's Journal when you got that in the mail. Some great stuff in there. Um, again, Joey, though, we're going to have to leave it at that. Uh, time really does fly when we're doing these shows and helping people out by answering some emails. Uh, again, you got an email for us. It's above180 at gmail.com, above180 at gmail.com. Or you can also follow us on Twitter and, and uh, reply to us that way as well. If you got a question, maybe you're looking for something. And uh, if I can't answer it, I'll get it to Joey because certainly one of us will. And Joey, like you always say, if you can't answer it, we'll find it someone who can answer it. it, it definitely, Tim. And, you know, before I go, I, I'd like to mention uh, the, the issue you're talking about, the December issue, coming up in the January issue, Tim, is the flagship issue of the year for the Bowler's Journal. It contains the annual ball guide, which lists every single ball we've tested in the last 12 months. And it gives a little synopsis of the ball reaction as well as, the, you know, the cover material, the RG and differential. Uh, it gives you a picture of the ball and the core. And other than that, there is the finals, the results of the Bowler's Journal Ball of the Year voting, Tim. Yes, in fact, and actually. It is, it is a surprise winner this year, and I'm not going to tell you or leak it out on, on the air here or even to you in person, but it, it is a, a ball that uh, I think a lot of people really loved, but kind of a surprise winner. Uh, so, again, the, the, the readers and viewers can, can kind of wait in, in anticipation, and they'll find out within a few weeks exactly which balls are the top 20 which are all listed, and which balls were the top balls in each category. Very good stuff. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what you call a tease to get you to listen to the, the next show. And, and by all means, read, pick up the magazine because there's, like Joey said, lots of great stuff. But if, if you're ever going to get the Bowler Journal magazine, you'd be a fool not to get the January edition with all the great stuff Joey's talking about. You're looking to get your equipment up to up to par and maybe add a new piece. Maybe you got something that's uh, seen its better days. So, uh, again... Good luck and good bowling. And, Joey, we will talk next week. All right, Tim. Have a good, uh, safe week.